Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, West Edmonton Mall, WilhockBeefJerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Today, one 401 is the text line if you want to get in on the conversation. Of course, you can always get us via the email as well, Connor at Sports1440.ca and Brandon at Sports1440.ca. Big thank you to Brandon and Declan yesterday for covering for me. Uh, wasn't feeling too hot, so I made the business decision to take it easy for a day. Happy to be back, and I know uh, they kept everything going, so I do appreciate that. Uh, Brandon, you pulled a long day yesterday. It was a long one. Yeah, we uh, we we talked about it a bit this morning with uh, and obviously the Kevin Carey show producing that, and then uh, this show into the afternoon and a couple hours in between during the lowdown with low tide, just doing my little video editing bit that I got to do every day, and then uh, it was all, it's always a treat to be on the Jason Greger show. Some great <laughs> conversations with him and Sean Brown yesterday, um, but I'll I'll be very frank. I'm glad you're back today because uh, pulling that twice in a row. I, I'm not David Amber. That guy put in a shift yesterday as well, and then was on yeah. with us bright and early this morning <laughs> so uh, i'm i'm no seasoned vet like david so i'll happily go back to my regularly scheduled programming today i was watching that last night uh luke gastic on the panel as well and i was just thinking 10 30 our time okay 12 30 we're at the second intermission like maybe maybe you play that game a little bit earlier and it doesn't have to be that way but you know what like you said those guys are pros we're trying to get there uh join the conversation one 401 of course the nhl now underway it's game day the edmonton oilers in action tonight taking on the vancouver canucks out in vancouver it'll be a later start but uh that's okay more anticipation for this one leading up to it uh we've got our fantasy frenzy 1440 pool going i don't want to brag but after one day i'm sitting atop the leaderboard so you know sounds like a brag and <laughs> end it right now end it right now i'll take the prize and, and be done with it but th- big thank you to everyone who got in uh if anyone didn't because some people sent in the the request a little bit late let me know I'll, I'll get you your money back if you didn't get in but uh yeah it's gonna be a lot of fun the canadian brew house stepping up in a big way giving us a uh, dinner for 20 plus a 200 dollars gift card to our winner and i think we got uh, about a thousand dollars because we had uh one one very nice listener donate $300 just for one entry because he wanted to make sure uh, someone would get a suit for Gregor's grads. That's where we're going to put the money towards. So I think we're going to have three suits uh, for Gregor's grads. I'll do the math on that one a little bit later. I was kind of out of it yesterday, but we'll figure that one out. Uh, I think it's about I think it's about three suits uh, and then a little cash prize for the winner. Uh, today on the show, no surprise, we will be talking hockey. We'll take your football questions as well. Uh, fantasy football for me is just, you know, it started off bad and it's gotten worse. As soon as I get healthy, two more injuries pop up by uh, James Conner and Justin Jefferson. Looks like they're both going to be on the injured list. And uh, that's a tough one for me because I just got Eckler and Jonathan Taylor and Cooper Cutback. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, in segment two, we will be joined by Nick Alberga, of course. He can be followed on Twitter at the Golden Muzzy, also part of the Nation Network and the NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. Uh, We'll give you some picks potentially that you might like for uh, daily fantasy sports. Of course, uh, in the past, we've had lots of conversation. Jeffrey Ulrich of DraftKings Nation would join us and talk about daily fantasy sports. So we'll try to update that and give you guys that we like or maybe players that we think you need to avoid and try to factor in their cost. I've seen Connor Bedard playing the second game in two nights in the NHL. Uh, We'll see if he is worth, you know, the money that would cost to put him in your daily fantasy sports lineup. 
Uh, Brandon, did you get a chance to watch it hockey? I know you worked about 14 hours yesterday, but did you get a chance to stay up late and watch any of the games? Yeah, once I uh, I got home, I caught uh, the second half of the Blackhawks and Penguins game, uh, watching Bedard kind of do his thing. Obviously, a ton of intrigue around that, and I was no exception. Uh, a strong proponent into uh, motivating me to tune in. And then I watched the banner-raising ceremony for <laughs> Vegas and just the start of the game where it was so weird. Seattle, uh, with all the momentum, and then they get uh, give up the goal in the first shot on net, a little <laughs> tic-tac-toe play, and then it was all Vegas the rest of the way. So I didn't watch the entirety of the Vegas-Seattle game. I kind of caught the first uh, maybe 10 minutes, not even, I guess. And uh, then I, I was out like a light because, uh, yeah, as previously said, a long day, needed my Zs before getting <laughs> back at it this morning. Yeah, hopefully you'll get home early today and you can catch back up on the sleep. Although we do have the pizza pig out tonight for uh, kids sport down uh near Rogers Place, kind of in the same venue. And then we will be heading to the Canadian Brew House after for a little bit of a watch party. Hopefully we'll see you all down there at the Pizza Pig Out. Um, yeah, I mean, for the Vegas Golden Knights, if you got Aiden Hill, I mean, you're probably pretty happy. 32 saves, only one goal allowed. The Vegas Golden Knights still appear to be a pretty good hockey team uh, after they did their little ceremony. I thought it was kind of corny, the slot machine. I mean, we all knew they are going to win. It's not like they're going to mark stone, pull it four or five times, like, oh, next one, next one. Kind wish, of corny. Wish, wish I had that much luck on the dingers, but yeah. <laughs> never in my life. First, first pull, he wins the Stanley Cup. It was pretty uh, pretty interesting. Connor Bedard last night, a 16 minutes time on ice. That led the way for the forwards for the Chicago Blackhawks. He had five shots. I saw some people going for the over. I think it was two and a half for him. Um, yeah, maybe you take that that over a lot because it looks like he likes to take a lot of shots. Um, eleven shot attempts last 11. night. Obviously, five of them finding the actually finding the net. So I think the the over John Bedard shot totals looks um, like a strong bet at least for the start of the season because I think he's really going to be pushing try and get that first one off of his back because uh, Connor McDavid I think the first four games before his. Uh, debut NHL goal if I remember correctly so I don't think Bedard wants that he's on this opening road trip get it out of the way nice and early he'll he'll continue just to rifle the puck towards the net I mean and you like to see that confidence from a young player I remember watching Austin Matthews at the World Juniors uh, the year before his draft year and he was the same way he's just firing every shot he could on net I think that's a good game plan especially when you have the skill set of a Connor Bedard uh, just a very talented player there. Obviously, you don't go first overall and have this national hype without being pretty good. Uh, text coming in here to the text line, one 401 Hey, Connor and Brandon, is it worth it to use Konechny as trade bait or do I keep him uh, with the Philadelphia Flyers? You know, pretty skilled offensive player, Brandon. What do you think there? I was very shocked this summer that Travis Konechny did not end up with a new place to be playing hockey. The Flyers obviously going through pretty much a burnt ground uh, rebuild here, and, and he's probably looking like their top offensive option. My concern moving forward without checking any of how, what they're running for line combos here to start the season as they get underway um, later this week is where they're going to deploy all this young talent that they've acquired, like the Owen Tippett's, the, the Morgan Frost uh, up front. And like, is Konechny almost going to take a bit of a back seat or is he going to be up front and taking a lot more of the defensive attention uh, since they are so limited in off- offensive weapons on the front end for the Flyers? Like, I don't know if his upside super high. Like, he, he's shown he's as consistent as they come. I'd hold on to him because probably he's going to be the top scorer for the Flyers. What that actually looks like by season's end, it might not be an overwhelming total. Uh, or best case, he does end up getting traded for a team looking for help on the wing. A guy that can play the game 
three different kind of ways, basically every kind of way. Um, so I think I'd hold on to him. Uh, I mean, of course, if you get the the right offer and it fills a need and you're getting good value, then I'll always pull the trigger. But I, I'd say hold on if, if I was in your position. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned consistency. In 60 games last year, 31 goals. That's like... That's quite good. Is that good? That's a 40-goal season. Sounds good. 42 goals, in fact, if he plays the entirety of the season. Uh, yeah, and you said about lines. I'm just looking it up here at Daily Faceoff. They have him third line right wing. So I don't know if that's going to be the case. It seems a little, uh, <laughs> what's the opposite of generous? <laughs> Yeah, I don't yeah. think he'll be putting up third line minutes by the time uh, a full game is complete. Uh, I can see him easily pacing uh, forwards and ice time on that team because um, I think he plays all situations. I mean, Sean Couturier is back, which will be a big boost to them uh, if he can return to you know the Selkie form that we've seen from him in the past. And if he ends up playing with Konechny, then who knows? They might end up forming a, a decent dynamic veteran duo atop that lineup. Now, I know in fantasy football, you have teams that you avoid, or Declan, you know. Is there a team in the NHL that you're like that? Because the Philadelphia Flyers, I mean, uh, they, I don't I don't know. Connecting's a guy I'd probably want. But other than that, Jean Couturier, is Owen Tippett there? I'm, I'm very high on Owen Tippett. I took him in at least one, maybe two of my leagues uh, this year. And then Cam York on the back end is a guy <laughs> I expect to really step up. He's going to be asked to do a lot. Obviously, Provorov out the door this uh, offseason to Columbus. But between him and Travis Sanheim, like they're going to shoulder a big load. And, and I mean, hey, Cam York, top draft pick. He can work a power play um, right on par with almost anybody in the NHL. So I, I'd be looking at him as a back-end option, at least in point totals, if nothing else. Uh, the Flyers' power play probably won't be very good, but whatever success they do have will be strongly contributed to Cam York. I'm not big on the completely avoiding entire teams because even on the worst teams, they have their best players like look at Anaheim last season worst team in the NHL Trevor Zegras uh 60 point player him and Troy Troy Terry both with 23 goals like there is some decent upside even on the worst uh, type of teams like I'm not going to be going and looking to lean on Carter Hart heavily because the poor kid's going to be getting shellacked on a nightly basis but uh, but guys like Konechny, Couturier, Owen Tippett, the aforementioned Morgan Frost and and Cam York on the back end I think there's a, a few viable options throughout their lineup yeah, I mean, and that's, that's it. Someone's going to have to play heavy minutes. Someone's eventually going con- to contribute. They're all NHL players. Uh, yeah, I think they got a few there. Uh, text here from St. Albert, Kevin. Which of my bench players should I flex, and how would you do my running back starters? Okay, we're hopping over to the NFL now. So his starters are Gus Edwards, Saquon Barkley. On the bench there is, is it Jaleel McLaughlin? from Denver and that's it. So I think your running backs are set. Dante Foreman currently Dante in his flex spot on the starting side. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd probably leave it that way. Although McLaughlin, I mean, that guy looks fast when he gets the ball. I picked hands. up McLaughlin today um, in my super flex league, mainly because I have just been ravaged by injuries here and I am now desperate for some sort of help. And the Jameer Gibbs experiment uh, in terms of my <laughs> drafting strategy is looking like a disaster. So I picked up McLaughlin as mostly a flyer. I, I had a guy I was going to drop anyway, so so grabbed him. I'm hoping for big things. I mean, the Denver run game has actually been surprisingly decent. We had um, 
Oh, I can't remember his name. A writer from The Athletic uh, covering the Denver Broncos on with Kevin mm-hmm. this morning. And I think, if I remember correctly, he said the stat, the Broncos actually Broncos running backs actually lead the league in yards per carry. Oh, really? Um, so between him and uh, Javante Williams, who I think is banged up right now, they, they might be some decent options. But I think, to loop back to, to the original point, yeah, Barkley, Edwards, and Foreman, probably the safer play. Now, I guess, so the, the flex spot is Foreman. Would you put in... McLaughlin, Lazard, Osborne, or Josh Palmer? I mean, Osborne's kind of interesting because Justin Jefferson, he's going to cost me some games. Osborne, another player I just picked up today because of the Justin Jefferson situation. So I I don't hate the Osborne into that spot. Him and Addison are going to get a heavy dosage now moving forward. And Osborne, like, has the trust of Kirk Cousins, right? Like, he puts it up to him in the end zone as well. So, yeah, I don't mind Osborne in that play. Uh, Josh Palmer, I don't know. It, we thought he might have that big jump, you know, with Mike Williams going down. Didn't really see it. Lazard, can you really trust Zach Wilson's third target? I I picked him up in one of my deeper leagues, but it was like just because I needed to make a move and he was the only option. Can you trust Zach Wilson to have another decent game? <laughs> that make it three in a row? That seems dicey in and of itself, let alone uh, his third target down the depth chart. We got to wait and see. We got to wait and see with this one. Uh, John says, hey, guys, what do you think of Adam Larson's fantasy value this year? Will he continue to put up good defensive stats like hits and blocks or is age catching up on him? I mean, uh, Chris Russell is blocking shots late into his career, so I don't think that goes away. I think, you know, experience, if anything, makes you better at that hits. I don't think he can change his game. So I, I would assume they continue to go the way they have. Um, kind of funny when you think of like traditional fantasy sports. Adam Larson is a guy who maybe pops into your mind, but I mean, he's had some nice runs. Yeah, if your league, um, in my opinion, overvalues some of these stats like hits and blocks, um, maybe even plus minus, who knows? I think Larson is a is a decent depth option. Uh, you'd have to be a pretty deep league and uh, maybe be hampered by injuries or poor draft strategy to have to be like playing him on a regular basis but as of right now he's uh, slated out to be playing with Vince Dunn on the top pair so he's going to see a lot of minutes Vince Dunn um, obviously their top defenseman he got paid like one this summer but Seattle has a ton of good defensive options so it's not like Larson's the only guy getting trotted out there on the penalty kill between Borgen and Alexiak a couple big bodies as well like I said John um, big friend of the program John Gilly from out in the uh, Westlock area I don't love it in, in terms of age catching up on him, that's not going to change how he plays the game. He's the same guy he was going to be last year, but I just don't think he's a super viable fantasy option unless, like I said, your league overvalues hits and blocks. Just one more here before we get to break, and uh, we'll continue the text uh, in our 1140 segment. Of course, we've got Nick Alberga coming up next here on Fantasy Frenzy, but trade offer, an interesting one. Justin Jefferson. Now, Walt would be trading Justin Jefferson for... Lockett out in Seattle and Najee Harris from the Steelers. I assume this is a non-keeper league because, you know, why else would you even consider it? If it's a keeper league, you want to keep Justin Jefferson. Uh, Walt says non-keeper. Non-keeper, okay. I, I just don't think Lockett or Harris are that good. Like, they're obviously really good, but in terms of fantasy, they're not consistent. Harris already looks like he's kind of on the path of falling out of favor compared to Jalen Warren in that Pittsburgh backfield. If Matt Canada could figure it out and put him <laughs> out there more. Caught him sitting on my bench. Yeah, uh, yeah. the Pittsburgh offense is a disaster virtually every way you look at it. And Tyler Lockett, we just talked about Travis connecting and consistency and reliability. Lockett is that. Um, 
10 times over, but he's not the explosive player that DK Metcalf is. Uh, they're going to continue to work Jackson Smith and Jigba into the mix more. I only see Lockett's role probably um, deteriorating. That's just my opinion. Justin Jefferson's going to be out a month. Hopefully that's it. I just have such a hard time signing off on trading away arguably the best fantasy football player that's out there. Yeah. If Unless it, your league is like your team is sunk, you're whatever, 0 and 5 here. And once again, in a non keeper, what does that matter? You have no motivation. Like there's nothing to benefit you heading into next season by trading away the best player. Like you're not getting picks back. You're not you're not setting yourself up. So I'm gonna say no, Walt. I have heard some people out there throwing out the idea that he could potentially take his time to come back. Doesn't have his contract yet. Why risk injury? So that could play into it. Uh, I'm 0-5 in one of my leagues. The league I was projected to lose one game. Guess who I played this week? Think of a guy who went off. Because every week, like three or four weeks in a row, I've had a guy that went off. DJ Moore. No. Out of the primetime game, George Kittle. Oh, yeah. Big. <laughs> fi- fi- finally, George Kittle getting his, getting his on Sunday night. We knew it would come. I just I had a thought it would be against me, and it, it certainly did. Sunk me. 0-5 in my league. So... Be careful if you're listening to me. Okay, we'll take a break right now. It is Fantasy Frenzy brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Up next, we'll talk some NHL. Nick Alberga of the Nation Network and NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast will join us. It is Fantasy Frenzy. Hallie Douglas brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. Welcome back to Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440. Connor, Hallie, Brandon, Douglas with you. one 401 is the text line. If you want to get in, send your NHL questions. We will be getting Nick Alberga on the show shortly here. Uh, lots of questions coming in. I see Spruce Grove, Steve, you and Hot Eats, Cool Treats, <laughs> Fat Efron, Greg. We'll uh, we'll get back to you guys in a second here once we uh, wrap up this interview. Uh, very quickly, want to let you guys know it is October for the Operation Friendship Senior Society. The goal is to collect 10,000 pairs of new warm winter socks for low-income and homeless seniors all this month, you can drop off your donations at the Sports 1440 Lobby in West Edmonton Mall during business hours. Go to sports1440.ca for more info and other drop-off locations. Uh, great cause there uh, with Operation Friendship Senior Society. And uh, this Saturday, if you're looking for a place to go watch the Oilers and Canucks, you can head down to the Century Casino. It is the home opener watch party. Uh, Kevin Carius will be hosting at the all-new Century Casino Sports Bar at Century Casino 13103 Fort Road. Game gets going just after 8 o'clock. We'll have some prizes there. The Edmonton Zamboni Cooler. And, I mean, you could win a hat. And these hats are uh, they're, they're quite popular right now. So uh, if you want to go watch the game down there, uh, that'll be on this Saturday, October 14th, 8 o'clock. Will be a good time had by all. And uh, actually, just on the topic of those hats, I did get the go-ahead to do a giveaway on social media. So check out uh, Sports1440 on Facebook and Instagram, and maybe even Twitter. Maybe we'll do one on each platform. You will have to be able to come by the Sports 1440 studio to pick it up. We're located right at West Edmonton Mall by Simon. So if you can uh, do that between 8 and 6, Monday through Friday, uh, you'll definitely want to enter to try to win one of these hats. Uh, Spruce Grove Steve texting into one 401 Boys picked ninth in waivers, so nothing worthwhile. Took a chance on grabbing Chase Claypool for future weeks. Thoughts? I mean... Uh, Brandon, I will get your thoughts too, but for me, that's like have the lowest expectations and maybe he'll match them. 
because, I mean, there's there's a reason he's been kind of traded twice, right? And you don't have to look too far. You just go watch the highlights. He's got all the potential in the world. I've said it a few times on the airwaves. I mean, if you were building a dream receiver, you want a guy who's big. He's six foot four, two thirty eight. Let's say two forty, and runs a four point four forty. When he had a good quarterback with Ben Roethlisberger, there was games he absolutely went off. So there's a lot of upside there. Like he could be a fantastic addition. You put him on the outside, Jalen Waddle on the outside, maybe get Tyreek Hill lined up in the slot. There's a lot of things that could go very well. You know, I, I don't think the situation in Pittsburgh last year was good. Don't think the situation in Chicago this year was good. But you put him with McDaniel, you put him with Tua Tungavailoa, who's going to make the good, accurate throws. I see no reason why this couldn't have big upside. I mean, if it doesn't work out, it's going to be on Chase Claypool because <laughs> he didn't put in the effort. I mean, he, he's got he's got the ability. He's now in a great system, and he's not going to be counted on to be a top two receiver. I think you can get some splash plays out of him. Uh, Brandon, am I, am I way off here? Am I just the eternal optimist? Yes, uh, to start. <laughs> but uh, you, you, you said it perfectly the first thing you said. Uh, go into it with low expectations and expect him to meet them because <laughs> the, the chances of him seeing virtually any action or, or getting any targets I think is very low. This might be a borderline reclamation project for um, the Miami Dolphins at the moment because like his his physical tools are so enticing and a guy like Mike McDaniels, he's probably like salivating at the thoughts of what he could be, but it's. I think a lot of it's uh, between the ears, maybe, and, and in terms of not necessarily like knowing the game. He's shown he knows the game and, and can do it that way, but it, more so the attitude, more so the outlook, um, the acceptance to take a lesser role or whatever the case. So I don't think it's um, probably going to yield much in terms of results, but, I mean, hey, like Spruce Grove Steve said, like nothing grabbing uh, or nothing else worthwhile that low on the waiver priority but i mean you did use your pick here or you used a spot on the waiver wire so like are you likely going to be falling even further down the claim totem pole now because you actually used your selection i don't know know necessarily how your league uh, works that way but i don't know if it was maybe worth it you could have just uh, kept checking basically and climbed up the the waiver pole and in another week or two grabbed yourself somebody worthwhile but that's just my two cents yeah i mean i i just go back to it like when he had ben roethlisberger he had a very good year that was his rookie season um nine touchdowns under a thousand yards 873 second year 860 two touchdowns he hasn't been able to find that that scoring touch but i i think for chase claypool we're gonna find out if he wants to play nfl football if he comes out motivated, because this could be his last chance. Like, yeah, he's this will be this third team in three seasons, four seasons. That's not a good track record. And uh, at some point, kind of got to take a look at yourself there and see, you know, what did, what kind of work does he have to put in? Uh, no name on this one. Uh, hey, guys, franchise. Early, I know, but should I drop Lucas Reichel for Johansson in Colorado? I mean, it's early. <laughs> We're one game in. Uh, Brian, what do you think about that? Uh, sorry, I missed it here. Um, who was that one from again? Sorry, Connor. Uh, no name on it. It was, do I drop Lucas Reichel for Johansson? Oh, here, sorry, sorry. Yes, I'm on it. Uh, franchise. Franchise here. Should I drop Lucas Reichel for French West? Um, Lucas Reichel, I think, was a very popular option as a late-round pick. Uh, pe- probably people that were high on Chicago on the back of Connor Bedard apparently 
setting the world on fire in his rookie season. If if Reichel gets opportunities higher in the lineup, I don't hate his upside, but Ryan Johansson is definitely going to be playing in the top six of Colorado and probably with Miko Rantanen uh, on his one flank. So the, it kind of seems like Johansson always been more of a, a pass-first type player. Miko Rantanen has shown that in the past, but he's also more than capable of burying the puck too. So I think Johansson is is prime for a big bounce-back opportunity after the change of scenery, um, leaving Nashville, them changing virtually their entire regime there. So I think Johansson's the better option, uh, especially in the short term for uh, compared to Lucas Reichel. But um, if you drop Reichel, there's no, uh, no guarantee he's going to be there again when maybe he does pick his game back up and get more opportunities because I think he'll be on a lot of people's mind uh, for a pickup option. Now, he, he's a center, correct? Was he? I think he plays a little line? bit of both the uh, center and the wing, if, I, if I'm thinking back to last season, but I could be incorrect. So, yeah, yesterday he played second line center with Radish and Johnson. So, I mean, that, that Bedard, I don't know, what does Stratty always call them? Cookies? <laughs> he played in his vicinity, he scores a goal, you pick up the helper. I, I don't know if that's necessarily going to be there. But, yeah, I mean, it is kind of a... It is intriguing when you, you look at guys who are going to be in an immediate impact, like Johansson. You know he's going to put up points, and especially in that Colorado team, versus someone who's kind of an up-and-comer. Uh, that's what makes this fantasy thing fun. It's a tough decision. Uh, we've got one here. Let's go see. Fat Efron. I'm in a keeper league. If I sell Barkley and Addison for a first and a fourth-round pick, is that good? I'm second to third right now thinking about selling oh sorry two and three right now okay yeah i mean i I think you certainly have to consider that one uh barkley for sure because just with his injury history and then we don't really know the the future with him like will he go back to chicago or the new york giants that's a tough one addison i am high on but if you are if you are looking at tanking in a keeper league i mean go full tank you know jump right in go for it uh, I believe we have Nick Alberga on the line here. That is correct. Okay, he is our fantasy wizard. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Join the CBH for Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football for your chance to win awesome game day prizes and qualify for a trip for two to the Super Bowl in Las Vegas. Brandon, you'll be out there tomorrow night. Windermere location Ooh. tomorrow night. I was there on last Monday. Great location. It'll be packed. We bring in Nick Alberga from the Nation Network and NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm good. Uh, it's classic overreaction day. I know we've only seen three games in the NHL. Tonight <laughs> there'll be more, and then into t- tomorrow. I'm just looking quickly. I guess 47% of fantasy owners now have Jonas Johansson on their roster, so we're off to a smashing start here, boys. As it should be. Okay, I want to ask you this one. Just It is the first game, but Connor Bedard, what did you make of his play? Uh, put it this way, I had to shower six times after watching that game. Um, I, I know we're, we're trying to temper expectations, right? And we're trying not to compare this kid to other phenoms, namely the one you have there in Edmonton, for sure. But everything I watched last night, he, he's just so polarizing. Like, the puck seems to find him. And look at the premier players in this league and past and present it's like the puck is attracted to their stick or it's attracted to them. And, and that's all I saw. That was my major takeaway. I know it's game one of a lengthy career here, but the puck seemed to find him. And when he has the puck, he has that elusive nature to him. So I think he, 
I think he's going to have a great year. I know it's it's easy to say that considering who this guy is, but like everything we saw in game one, I think he lived with expectation. Now, is he at the level already where, you know, in daily fantasy, you're thinking I can prosper by taking his line mates for cheap. Like, is he going to have that impact in his rookie year where he just makes everyone around him that much better? It's funny. I was just having this conversation. I was just in my condo lobby here in Toronto, and actually the maintenance guy in my building is a big Canes fan. For, that's so random to be a Canes fan in Toronto. But nevertheless, we were talking about the game last night, Pittsburgh and Chicago, and, and I was just saying, like, that's, that's another huge takeaway is how watered down that Hawks roster is. With all due respect to, like, Taylor Hall and Ryan Donato scores the first goal of the year for Chicago. Like, you know... They're not looking to win. That's why Peter Morazic's getting shamed today, I think, for the way he played in that game yesterday and, and the Hawks pull out the victory. But I think I would sniff around to answer your question. Um, you know, Taylor Hall, yes, you should own him. Um, Seth Jones, yes, you should own him. Outside those two, I'm not really jumping to the wire to pick up Ryan Donato or like a Taylor Radish or a, or a Lucas Reichel. I, I think those are more like DFS plays. If you like the fit, you like the opponent for Chicago, maybe you, you you take a flyer on that front. But I think there's only a couple guys I would really own long-term on that roster right now. Nick Alberga joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Hallie and Douglas with you here. You can text your questions to 1-833-401-1440. This comes in from Greg. He wants your opinion on this one. Uh, Travis Anheim and Cam York available on waivers, uh, is there a player there that you think has their, has higher upside on a bad team? Um, off the top of my head, it would probably be Cam York because uh, who's running that first power play unit with Philadelphia? Like I'm just so hesitant to own much stock in the Flyers this year because, A, I don't think Tortorella is a good fit there, and I think they're caught in limbo. And I think, quite honestly, I know the, the money's coming in on San Jose to be the worst team in the league. I think Philadelphia is going to take that. Um I like Carter Hart, too. It's just a bad situation. But to answer the question there, and I appreciate that, I would probably lean more towards Cam York right now because I think as the season starts, he's running the first power play. And quite frankly, that's probably the point you're looking at in Philadelphia right now is, like, who's running PP1? Because, you know, I mean, exposure to Travis Konechny, who had a good year last year. Great to see Sean Couturier back and healthy and Cam Atkinson as well. And Owen Tippett's got that lethal shot. So I would probably lean towards Cam York. Nick Alberga from the Nation Network joining us here on Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440. Nick, um, on the topic still of the Flyers and specifically Cam York, we had this question a little earlier in the show. Uh, comparing Cam York to, say, an option like Sam Girard, both of them uh, similar players, obviously offensive defensemen, but Cam York probably going to be getting PP1 reps in Philadelphia. Girard not so fortunate sitting behind Kale McCarr. Would you be looking to pick up a guy like Cam York to maybe replace Sam Girard? Uh, probably not, to be fair. Like, I, if this makes sense, I'd rather the exposure five on five to, like, the big boys in Colorado than I would, you know, having a guy who's going to run the first power play unit in Philadelphia. Not to mention, you mentioned Travis Sanheim. Last I checked, he still wants a trade. So, would I be shocked if he has a big year to up that trade value? Probably not. So, I'd probably lean more towards Girard, even again, if he's not in important settings in the lineup, just because of the exposure he's getting there. And one last one, just uh, Flyers, a hot topic of conversation on the text line this morning. Um, yeah, everybody keen on, uh, you know, good players on bad teams, some gems to find. Yeah. Travis Konechny, a very intriguing name on the Flyers, a lot of trade speculation around in the summer. What do you look at for him this season? He's been a picture of consistency for this team. Uh, is he still a, a worthwhile start on a night-to-night basis? 
I think he is. Um, you know, again, it depends on the categories in your league, but like the most important thing is that he's beloved by his head coach. Like from day one, we all knew that was a great fit was having a guy like Travis Konechny. Now you look at deployment, it sounds like he's going to start the year on the third line. But again, I'm so careful when it comes to line combinations because they seem to change on a daily basis. But um, at the very least, I would monitor or Konechny, excuse me, and his deployment early on because looking at things, maybe he's on the third line. That means he's going to be away from guys like Tippett and Atkinson and Frost and Couturier and Farabee. We'll see how long that lasts. Maybe they put him in more of a checking role. But I think big picture, I still think it's a good fit fantasy-wise because he offers quite a bit in terms of category coverage, whether it's shots on goal or goals, uh, definitely hits, penalty minutes if you have that. So, like, a player like that becomes important, even if he's on a team like Philadelphia. So I would take a wait-and-see approach with Konechny, but to answer your question, I'm still dressing him right now. Nick, thanks so much for doing this today. Really appreciate it, and we'll hopefully get you back on later in the year. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care. There you go. That is Nick Alberga of the Nation Network and NHL Fantasy on Ice podcast, The Golden Muzzy on Twitter, if you'd like to give him a follow. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House, sending you to the Super Bowl. It is Wednesday. I believe they got wings tonight, too. They sure do, Connor. And 69 cents. Cheap wings, tasty wings. You can go for the the boneless option, a very <laughs> hot topic on this show over the past uh, week or two. Get them saucy, get them a, a nice dry rub, bone in, bone out. Totally your choice. I think they even have the cauliflower, um, you know, vegetarian option of wings. If that's more your speed, they got everything over there at the CBH. That's interesting to me. I, I, don't, I mean, if you're vegetarian, do your thing. I wonder how they taste. Have you had them before? No, mostly out of principle. I refuse yeah, to eat them. But I, and once again, this might just be people trying to push it onto you, but people say that it genuinely tastes just like regular chicken wings, which I find incredibly hard to believe. But I guess don't knock it until you try it, and so I can't say until I try it. You know what? You're at uh, Windermere tomorrow. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll drop by and we'll get, we'll get some cauliflower Get, get an wings. order to share. Just see how they go. <laughs> like what fla- well, we can't get the same flavor. You like them spicy, I don't, but it might be there's, worth there's a There's a happy medium in there we can find. If you were on a first date and you went for wings, would you get uh, boneless or bone in or and saucy or rub? The answer, the answer is no um, <laughs> to all this because you order all meat bites on a first date. You look like a total B. Um, if you order the regular wings, that can get messy in a quick hurry. Regardless, dry rub or not, it's not going to be a pretty picture you gnawing down on those bones. So this just, and this is coming from somebody who, uh, not a big dater out on the scene. So my advice is worth about as much as uh, the gum on the bottom of my shoe right now. Don't order any type of wings on a first date ever. Hmm. What if she says, let's go for wings? Then I think you go then, bone. Then you lie and say, I'm busy tonight. Do you want to go tomorrow <laughs> night instead? <laughs> Let's go Friday for the prime rib at the brew house. There you go. There you go. That's the fix. All right. Get those texts coming in here. We got a lot, uh, a lot of NFL questions coming into the text line. one 401 1440 If you want to jump in on that one, send us your questions. It is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440 presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 
1145, Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas with you. Here it is, Fantasy Frenzy on Sports 1440, presented by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Check them out at one of their three locations, West Edmonton Mall, Spruce Grove, or Leduke, wilhawkbeefjerky.com. And not just beef jerky. They've got a lot of things there, some rubs. You know, if you want to make some cauliflower wings at home, potentially you can do that. Uh, calling them cauliflower wings came off wrong, but we'll go with it. Uh, Walter says, cauliflower wings and boneless wings are code words, meaning not wings. That's fair. I I'm I'm a big boneless guy, but I would I would accept that. They're like saucy nugs. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's the expression we're going with here on the show is saucy nugs. Um, yes, they they are not in fact wings by definition because they did not come from any animal's actual wing, but uh, they can still taste good all the same. And uh, we're getting a lot of traction on this cauliflower wing substitute. There you go, Walter. Um, People texting and saying that is uh, as advertised. They do taste just like chicken. Yeah, Tub Guy says, boys, I wouldn't BS you. You'll love cauliflower wings. They're a staple at home now. You know, I guess if you had, like, young kids, too, you want to get them on the right track, dropping a big thing of chicken wings maybe not be the best, but you could do cauliflower. But if you're drowning the cauliflower in <laughs> a vat of uh, combination hot sauce and butter and vinegar, are you basically compromising the health healthy benefits of it well healthier sure the healthier option and i bet you there are some influencers out there on social media that do like a homemade all natural hot sauce or something you could steal good for them i wish <laughs> i wish them the best you're just like frank's <laughs> yeah just, load drown, it up. just drown it. uh on the topic of wings and what you eat on the first date uh the trick is to find someone who likes the other style if you like the drum she has to like the wing. Otherwise, you're going to fight. W- drums and flats, right? Yeah. I, I have can no you just preference. Get, can you just, yeah, like to me, a chicken, <laughs> like I, I like the fact that in an order of wings, you get to both because like the the method of eating them is different, obviously, when you're splitting um, the flat compared to the, the single bone in the drum. And in talk, I, I, this texter saying that you split them with your significant other when you're out like, and just eat all your own wings, unless you really do have that particular of a preference of one type over the other. I've ne- like I know people have a preference, but that much you're not even willing to eat the other kind. I've never heard of such a thing. I'm with you. That would be that'd be. I mean that that'd be a lot. Uh, John says, hopefully the cauliflower wings are at least fried in a healthy canola oil. Yes, John, big big canola farmer. So always, John, <laughs> canola oil for everything. Uh, I feel like you can't get boneless dry rubs. Boneless have to have sauce. Well, at the brew house, they have a nice salt and pepper. I highly recommend it. Also, cauliflower hot wings taste the same as anything doused in Frank's Red Hot. Yeah, I mean, you put enough sauce on it, it can mask it. I I totally believe it. And uh, that one, I'm just not going to read. It's a long one, so I'm not even going to get into it. Um... We had one come in here, and I have to scroll down. We'll get back to fantasy sports. That is the premise of the show here on Fantasy Frenzy. Hey, boys, what do we think about John Klingberg as a Maple Leaf as compared to Radko Gudis on a new squad in Anaheim? Gudis had a decent year last year in Florida, and Klingberg had a weak year. Thoughts? Well, you're the Anaheim Ducks expert here, so what do you think? Both connections there. I will start us off by saying I am incredibly biased after last season. I, If you were to ask me last March shortly after the trade deadline, I would have 
confidently told you, and at least I believed it, that John Klingberg was the worst defenseman in the <laughs> NHL. I know that's not true. He's a very capable guy. He's put up 50 points multiple times, if I'm not mistaken, with Dallas. But that year in Anaheim was so bad, and there wasn't a big uptick once he got to Minnesota. It was better, but not great. Um, I think he's going to be given a lot of responsibility in um, – Toronto, uh, obviously behind Morgan Riley on the depth chart uh, in terms of offensive opportunities, but he's still going to get some PP time. He did not do much with that in Anaheim. Granted, and it, with some talented guys, like Anaheim's power play is no slouch. McTavish, Terry, Zegers, they have skilled players there, and Klingberg could do nothing with it. Gudis is the complete opposite end of the spectrum, where back to our earlier conversation of defensive fantasy categories. If you're in a category league and hits... Um, maybe even Pims, Blocks, or their own category you have to win. I don't mind Gudis as an option, a, a depth one at least. If you're in a points one where Blocks and Hits are kind of just basically throwaway things, they might contribute uh, a point zero two or a point one here or there. I don't like it as much, but categories-wise, Gudis can, uh, can win you weeks just in like those two categories alone. Klingberg's such an like, intriguing player because... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. When he signed in Anaheim, it seemed weird. Like, the second he signed in Anaheim, to me, I thought, Anaheim is signing him, giving him a nice little payday so they can flip him at the deadline. Like, it, it seemed very obvious. And what did they get for him at the trade deadline, you might ask? What was it? A late-round pick <laughs> and a C-grade prospect. So it was hoping. Let's hope he has the, offensive the, numbers. The plan was to trade him for, like, a first-round pick at the yeah. deadline because this is a guy who had been offered by Dallas – a, I think it was a seven-year, $7 million contract or something in that realm, and he wanted more. Um, or maybe it wasn't a full-term deal. I, I, the details elude me. But he wanted he, his agent basically got some bad advice and said, no, we can get more on the open market. That evaporated. He settled for a one-year, $7 million deal in Anaheim. It was, it was disastrous I mean, for, it, for both the player and the team. It was clear, like best case scenario, like you said, you flip him at the deadline, you get a first round pick, seven mil, who cares? Like that that's awesome. Anaheim needed that to get to the cap floor last year. Like <laughs> their payroll is egregiously low. <laughs> uh text here, no name. Six nine two six. Dobbs or Minshew. I know. Puke. Gardner Minshew with the Colts. Dobbs with the cards. I don't know. Not good options, to be totally honest with you. After last week, I would be saying Gardner Minshew. We, we've seen him be a capable starter in several different places at this point. Um, and he's comfortable in that Colts offense for the most part. Josh Dobbs, I, I picked him up last week as a start in uh, the fact Justin Herbert was on by, thinking that Cardinals had looked pretty frisky, but it, it, his streak ran out. It was a tough game for him. He can always fall back on being an aerospace engineer. But, um, yeah, fantasy starting QB, I don't think so. I'd go Minshew, and for me, it's not really close. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And Dobbs will not have James Conner, which I think is a – well, I'm not exactly giving you new information, but that's a big loss. So, uh, yeah, I think you go with uh, the Minshew magic, hopefully. Uh, Dusty Dave says, I drafted Cooper Cup and then managed to pick up Puka Nakua and Kyron Williams after week one, they've kept my team alive, and now with cutback, I have a logjam of Rams players. Is it a bad idea to hold on to them, or should I look to trade one of them? Dusty Dave, that's a really good question. Uh, obviously, Cooper Cup got right back into the rotation, showed no signs of rust. I was a little nervous about that one as a Cup owner. Um, 
I don't know. I, I feel like the Rams do want to move the ball downfield with those two receivers, so I would probably trade the running back, but I could be way off here. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford, it, it, we've seen it throughout his career, whether it's uh, Calvin Johnson, uh, Cooper Cup, and then Puka Nakua. Like, he likes to find those targets and feed them, and it's worked out pretty good for him. So I, I lean toward the, towards the receivers. Brandon, you might have a totally different outlook. I think it really depends on the rest of your roster's makeup. If you're deep at the running back position, then I think Kyron Williams can give you a nice little return. Whereas if you're deep at receiver uh, and a little thinner at the at the running back, Kyron Williams is still going to be a decent option. I don't think he's going to be putting up staggering numbers on a week-to-week basis, if ever, but should be pretty consistent, I think. And so then if you're looking to maybe boost your running back spots, uh, Puka Nakua, he, uh, he showed it after this week. He's still going to get his. Um, it's not going to be at the same volume as uh, what Cup was out, but you should be able to get a very nice little return on the trade market for Puka Nakua, um, whether it be a running back, tight end, or, or something else, basically depending on what you need. But other, otherwise, I, I agree with you, Connor. I think Williams, he'll get you the least in a trade, but uh, also has as a res- obviously the least upside because of that. So good, uh, good problems to have though. Always good when you have a you know position of power compared to you're desperate and trying to make moves. Uh, that's going to do it for us here on Fantasy Frenzy. Uh, we've got the lowdown with Low Tide coming up next. I'm trying to find out who, who's coming up, but uh, apparently on one of my accounts on Twitter, uh, Declan's account is kind of flagged. It's sensitive content, so I can't even see it. Whoa, what is Declan tweeting what today? What is he doing, man? Uh, let's go here. We've got, uh, they're going to talk Canucks with Harmon Dial of The Athletic and Bruce McCurdy at 1 o'clock. Talking all things Oilers today on the Lettown with Low Tide. Gregor's up at 2 o'clock. Pete Jensen, your Chuck, uh, voice of the Canucks, Brandon Bachelor will join us. Mike Rupp, Spec, and more. That's at 2. This has been Fantasy Frenzy, uh, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky. We'll take a break. And when we do that, we'll get to an update. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. WilhawkBeefJerky.com. Here is Brandon Douglas.